the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know, you are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Today we finish our discussion about Yom HaShoah. That's the day reminding us of the Holocaust. Uh, And you know what? Then we're going to talk about Israel. As this past week, they celebrated 71st birthday. Okay? Let's begin with a time of prayer. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity to be on the radio waves, Lord. And I pray that what I say and how I think and how I express it will be anointed, and will come from you, Lord. And so we thank you and praise you for just being able to look at Israel and just your faithfulness, not only to Israel, but to all people. So we bless you, we thank you and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Okay, so many of you heard me last week speak about the March of Remembrance, which was last Sunday. Uh, if you remember, it stormed at one thirty, lightning. Wow, it was terrible. However, by the time we got together at 4 p.m., it was dry and just a great day, beautiful day to uh, walk the streets of St. Pete from the Holocaust Museum And uh, as you know, it was a walk to uh, not only uh, never forget the Holocaust and support Israel, but stand against acts of all genocide around the world and raise awareness of the danger of remaining silent and motivate people to pray for Israel, for the United States, and for the world. We had a great time. Many people saw signs and remarked. Many cars passed and honked in agreement with what we were doing. Um, We had a couple of people from our radio listeners attend. 
and I'm praying next year already for a thousand people next year. Yeah, <laughs> would you join me in that prayer? Uh, let's begin our program as we do in this season with the counting of the Omer. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam, Asher Kedishanu B'mitzvatav V'tzivanu Al Sifarat HaOmer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the Universe who has set us apart by your commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the first day of the fourth week, and day 22 I have counted the Omer. So the scripture in your Omer booklet, if you've gotten one, uh, is Luke six twelve and 13. And it was during these days that Yeshua went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent all night in prayer to God. When day came, he called his disciples, choosing from among them twelve whom he named emissaries. So the thought uh, about the scripture, why would Yeshua spend all night in prayer? The next day, he chose his disciples. So Yeshua shows us that when we have decisions, big decisions to make, we must bathe them in prayer. Amen? So the challenge for this thought is God wants us to have a daily prayer life to help and guide us with decisions we have to make each day. However, for those big decisions, we should bathe them in prayer. Do you have a big decision that you have not bathed in prayer? Are you trying to do things on your own? What will you do about it? Okay, so that's the challenge. What will you do about it? All right, let's go to the teaching. Last week, we reviewed many of the terrible things that happened in the Holocaust. This week, we're going to be a little bit more positive. When God allows even the worst things to happen, we need to see how we can grow from those experiences. So what should we learn from remembering the Holocaust and those whose words inspired anti-Semitism? Number one, very important, I believe, it could happen again. We can't get complacent. We can't forget. Because once we forget, we will not realize that it could happen again. So the first thing is that this should be something taught in schools, taught in churches and synagogues, taught wherever, on TV, but we should not forget. Secondly, it could happen again if we, if God's people do nothing to stop injustice. So are you praying? Are you involved in the political process? Are you an active part of groups that create pressure for uh, our country to do the right thing? So that's two. Number three, we need to forgive. We have somehow developed a culture of hating, and that is from not forgiving. And we, uh, I mean, forgiving is part of the, the uh, foundation of our faith. We must forgive. Number four, our words also need to not inspire violence and hatred. And so we have to choose our words carefully and only speak those things that are from God. Recently, I heard a message given by a very famous and influential pastor, though I believe and hope that he didn't have bad intentions. 
His theology and what he said in his message left me and other Messianic rabbis to believe he was suggesting that the church has replaced the Jewish people as God's chosen. Besides believing that it was wrong, I believe that it could also spark anti-Semitism, and much further down the road could have Christians see Jews as the enemy. We've seen that historically, so don't think it's out of the question. Later on this year, I'll do teachings on this, but for now, please understand that even when people don't mean to do bad, we have to be very careful as to what we say and how we say it in order not to lead people into doing and saying things that could be harmful. What should we learn from the Holocaust? Here are some thoughts when we meditate on the scriptures below and, 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 and think of these four or five thoughts, actually five thoughts that I have for you. Number one, correction should be done carefully, focusing on Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Believe me, I would love to give this message to Congress. <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely would. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says this, If someone is caught doing something wrong, you who are directed by the Ruach, the Spirit, restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, looking closely at yourself so you are not tempted also. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way, you fulfill the Torah of Messiah. Now, even if Congress is not able to do this correctly, at the very least, believers should do this correctly. Because otherwise, we're going to be tempted, to, as the Scripture says, to do the very things that we're coming against. So we need to bear one another's burdens. And this way, we fulfill the Torah of Yeshua, of Messiah the instruction of the Lord. Okay. Number two, our attitude needs to be of blessing all the time. Look, again, there's so many things going wrong in this country, but if you focus on those, you're going to be in trouble. So Psalm 34, 1 through 3 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it. And be glad, O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. When we bless the Lord at all times, we will not be ugly to our fellow people, right? Okay. Number three, do not be ruled by the past or even your past. Philippians three thirteen and 14 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Messiah Yeshua. There would be no revenge if we followed this number three one, not to be ruled by your past. Number four, I've already mentioned, forgive when you stand in Matthew, uh, Mark eleven twenty five. when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that 
your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. I think that's clear, yes? Number five and last, we need to respond. We need to act. We cannot be apathetic. Edmund Burke said the following, All that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And in James 2, you know, 14, it says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? And in verse 26, it says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. We read every year at this time a, a, um, some thoughts by Martin Niemöller a pastor of the German Confessing Church. He spent eight and a half years in a concentration camp, and he wrote this. First, they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. And I believe that as we take what's going on in our country and in our world in an apathetic way, we are not going to like the results. We have to be active. Eli Wiesel said this, For the dead and the living, we must bear witness. Where can we act? How do we speak up? Well, just look at where the sins are being committed and figure out how we can affect them so that people will resist those sins. We can send letters and emails and have legal protesting to the president, to the Congress. We can call them. Um, We can get involved in politics, school boards, things like that. We can give finances to other people who are involved. If we can't be involved ourselves, give of our finances to help. We can pray. We can pray daily for our country, and we can vote. So I pray that as I've closed out Yom HaShoah, we uh, switch boats right now, and we're going to look at celebrating Israel independence, which is this past week. Uh, Yom Ha'atzma'ut is is the name of it in Hebrew, and hopefully you know why Christians should care about the Holocaust. Now let's see why Christians should care that it's Israel's 71st birthday. It's Yom Ha'atzma'ut, and we celebrated it this past week. Uh, we'll look at its modern-day history, but first we should start with the scriptural foundation for Israel, past and future. Now, you either might want to get a pencil and paper in order to write, write down at least the scriptures that I'm using. Uh, if not, you can uh, call Karen and email her uh, or call her, and uh, she'll send you out the information on this uh, these next two weeks of teaching. So it's all about God and his faithfulness to the Jewish people and the land that he gave them. 
always keep in mind as we look at Israel and the Jewish people, it's about God's faithfulness. Because if he's faithful to the Jewish people, he's going to be faithful to you. It's, it's really that simple. It begins with becoming a people and receiving the land. And, and it's because God said so in his word. You know, approximately 2,000 years before Yeshua which would be approximately 4,000 years ago, God talked about the land of Israel to a man who God promised to and, and made into a nation, right? So we see in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And then later on it says, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God had a special land for Abraham and his descendants. Now, Abram is promised this land would go to his descendants and would one day be a large property. So we see this in Genesis fifteen eighteen. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, which would, I believe, include parts of Egypt, Syria, Jordan, Iraq, Iran, and Lebanon. So uh, I don't know how that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, God's faithful. So I'm believing that one day, maybe not in my lifetime, but one day Israel will be much larger than it is now. Genesis 17, 7 and 8 says, Yes, I will establish my covenant between me and your seed after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. In order to be your God and your seed's God after you, I will give to you and to your seed after you the land where you are an outsider, the whole land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So the promise by God was not only that there was this land that he was going to place us on, but It will go to the descendants of Abram, and it will be an everlasting possession. And I love to ask people, how long is an everlasting possession? Yes. Mm -hmm. Psalm 137, 1 through 6, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and wept. When we remembered Zion, on the willows... There we hung up our harps, for there our captors demanded songs and our tormentors asked for joy. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing a song of Adonai in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I cease to remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my chief joy. So here, this was written when, when uh, the Jewish people were in diaspora. They were not in Israel. They were in Babylon. And 
God had placed by this time a love for Israel and Jerusalem that said that they would, if that they had to consider Jerusalem above their most joyous thought. So we can see that, that what God has done in the hearts of the Jewish people. Isaiah 62, 1 says, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation is a blazing torch. So if you read Isaiah and you see Isaiah 62 and it says not to keep silent until uh, the righteousness of Israel shines like a blazing torch. Or Isaiah 62, a little further, 6 and 7, On your walls, Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all day and all night. They will never hold their peace. You remind Adonai, take no rest for yourself and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Well, we know that Jerusalem is not currently a praise in the earth, which means don't rest, but keep praying. Not keeping silent and giving God no rest till Jerusalem is a praise certainly gives you a sense of God's intensity about the faithfulness to Israel. This obviously should make it important for all Christians, right? And Jeremiah 16, 14, and 15, Therefore the days are quickly coming, declares Adonai, when it will no longer be said, as Adonai lives who brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, rather, as Adonai lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had banished them. So I will bring them back into their land that I gave to their fathers. I mean, it's amazing that God writes all this in his scriptures. And so we see that this has actually happened. Many scriptures talk about Israel losing the land and then coming back into the land. And yes, God banished the Israelites from the land, but it's he who brought them back as well. And he, there's still so much to be done in Israel. We see in Ezekiel 36, because God promises, he says, for I I, verse 24, I will take you from the nations, which he's done, gathered you out of all the countries, which he's done, and bring you back to your own land. Yes. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. And I think that is just beginning because the messianic movement is really creating um, a, a strong sense of spiritual clean water being uh, put on the land of Israel, but it, it is nowhere near being done. And it says, and you will be clean from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I'll remove the stony heart from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my ruach within you. Then I will cause you to walk in my laws so you will keep my rulings and do them. Then you will live in the land that I gave to your fathers. You will be my people, and I will be your God. God has promised to bring them back from the nations. This means that they had to be banished to the nations, and God said in the land he would revive them physically 
and spiritually. And that is really what I believe we should pray for. I'm going to give you some more scriptures next week. Unfortunately, my time is up, but come back next week. We'll continue talking about Israel. If you would like me to email you a short line of the um, history of the Jews in Israel, um, which I'm going to be using for my next week's teaching, and the scriptures about Israel, just call Karen at 813-831-5673. I've mentioned over the past weeks it would be helpful to receive financial uh, support because we are um, not bringing in enough money to keep the program on the radio, and I really believe that this is God's heart for us to stay on the radio. So whatever you can do, again, call Karen and uh, visit our congregations as well. We are in South Tampa, St. Pete, Wesley Chapel, and Riverview. Riverview. We love visitors. So uh, call Karen, 813-831-5673. May the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, Teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.